Okay, everyone, welcome back to Let's Be Real. I'm really excited about this episode that we're recording today. We're actually wrapping up our season today. So taking a big break. Um, I've noticed actually a lot of people that I follow, that I look up to, are taking social media breaks this summer, podcast breaks this summer. I think maybe we've all learned something good from COVID uh, about pace and pace of life. And I know I have. So I really want to take this summer off from all of these different outlets so that I can be a person who has something to share with you guys. Um, Just producing content all the time without really living life deeply and engaging with people deeply means that the well can really run dry. So I'm looking forward to that. But if you want to keep up with me, I would love for you to keep up with me because I'm going to be doing a little bit behind the scenes this summer and I want to invite you into that. So if you want to keep up, if you want to know when Let's Be Real is going to start back up in the fall, we've got some amazing guests. Make sure that you come over to NicoleEunice.com and put your name on the email newsletter. That will make sure that we get to stay in touch and you can get in touch with me that way anytime. I'm looking forward to that. So I wanted to wrap up today with a topic that I feel like has come up in some different ways um, in my life, whether it's kind of in the world stage, the way we're engaging with our culture, or if it's just more at home, it's like more of a pain point in your community life. And the question is, what is it like to uh, give critique without being critical? What's the difference between critique and critical? What's the difference between being a discerning person and being judgmental or judgy in your life? And this is such an interesting tension point, right? Because we actually do need to be discerning and our world does need critique. Like those are actual things that are a part of our human experience. If you imagine living your life without any discernment or without any ability to kind of like think critically about a problem or an issue or to think critically about a decision, that would not actually be a good life. You would not want to live that way. But it feels like because of the emotional tenor and intensity that often comes with this idea of holding a position right now in our world, because of how that feels, what I've experienced is that so many people are kind of backing off as if it's not okay to be passionate about a position or a topic or to even feel passionately about people in your life. So I want to invite us to kind of a third way to ask the question, okay, what what is it like for me to kind of get in between these guardrails where I'm a discerning person, but I'm not a critical person? What's the difference between those two? What's the difference between being a wise person who's able to speak passionately about an issue or a person's life without being judgmental? Um, How do we do that? And it's definitely an art form. It's definitely not easy, but I want to offer a few different things around that. I think especially for Christians in our culture right now, we are scared either. We're scared of two things. Either we are so scared of where the world's going that we are amping up our passion in a way that can feel really aggressive and really judgmental. Or we're so scared of being judged as judgmental that we're, we're, we're reacting to the way others are that we, we don't have a stance on anything. We just like, we don't want to, we don't want to speak into anything or anyone's life. And that really, to me, can be a huge detriment. So here's the problem to me about being critical uh, as a culture. If, if we're only on the only one rail that's happening in our life is criticism and critique, now we're in a culture of critique all the time. And we're just constantly looking for things that are wrong, looking for things that can be better, and speaking into that over and over again. So the, the real question is, could we be people who are passionate enough, maybe not about every issue, 
but about certain issues so that you're able to think deeply and actually think about solutions, not just think about problems. That alone would make a huge difference. If you asked yourself, okay, with the opinion that I have about this thing, whatever that thing is, if I was to take this opinion and actually ask the question, what solution would I offer for this problem? If if you have no solution to offer, if you can't even think about a solution, then maybe that's not a place that you need to speak in with critique. That's a great place to start. But don't let that be sort of an off-ramp where you have no opinions about anything. So this is kind of the way I think that we can be discerning kind of citizens in our country, discerning with our world. So here's a couple of things that we can do to find our way as people of discernment, as people of wisdom, without becoming overly critical or overly judgmental. So here's some of those things. The first thing is try to understand what you're reacting to. If you have an emotional experience around, again, a position or a person, if you're having an emotional experience around that, the first step is to ask yourself, what exactly am I reacting to? Me, myself, not just what's out there in the world. If, if you just sort of have a vague bad feeling or a vague, a vague angry feeling, ask yourself, what am I reacting to? Here's some of the things that I think we actually react to if we're really real with ourselves. Um, we may react to people because the choices they make make us feel like our choices are wrong. So we're kind of in this like reverse judgmental where we're like, well, if you're living that way, that must mean that you don't like the way I'm living. So now I've brought like a weird intensity to this conversation or to your life. The second thing that can happen is that their actions, the actions that someone else in your life is making, is actually having ramifications for your own life. The choices that someone else is making has a negative or positive ramification into your life. And generally, if it's negative, we want to be able to name, okay, I don't want to tell this person, this friend, this relative how to live, but I can own that these lifestyle choices mean these ramifications in my own life. And what are those things? Now, that's a place where we can have like an honest confrontation. So for instance, if I have a friend who's decided to like live wild and they're just going wild all the time, um, there's ramifications because maybe her and I are not able to spend time together anymore. And I might be able to say to my friend, hey, this isn't about your choices, but I do want you to know that your choices have ramifications in our relationship. That's a very different conversation than you're wild, why are you going wild? That's very, very different. So that can be another reason that we might be having a reaction to someone's choices in their life or positions in life. Um, another thing that we can react to is, I wish you were more like me because it makes me feel better. Many of us live this way. We're so insecure about our own lives and our own choices that we just want to surround ourselves with people who think like us and who feel like us because when they do, it makes us feel better about our own life. Just be honest with yourself about how much of that is playing into whatever um, intensity you could be bringing to someone else's choices or something that you're criticizing. And then another thing that we might be experiencing, particularly if it's a person, is I see that your actions are causing problems for you. And this is one where we, we kind of can get into a somewhat misguided love, right? So we love a person very much, and we see that the choices that they're making are having ramifications in their life that are negative. And this is a place where many moms, dads, uh, friends, you know, sisters, brothers, we can be like, oh, how do I engage with this? And, and do I engage with this? And there isn't one answer to that question, but the first the first question is really, what, what am I reacting to? Like, what am I feeling? What am I doing? Once we've asked ourselves, what am I reacting to? 
Like if you could just start there and be able to articulate that. Okay, I feel strongly about this issue in the world because, and you've been able to actually engage with some of these questions. Then you're able to take the next step in discernment and kind of think about um, how you're go- what you're going to do with this information. So first of all, if it's a position, one thing that I think could be really, really helpful is to make sure that you understand that most things are more complicated than we wish they were. Most issues, most things that people are going through, um, issues in our culture, in our communities, in our world, issues that we vote on, usually they're more complicated than we wish that they were. It is so much easier to just hate someone's position and believe that it is a very black and white issue than it is to actually engage fully and deeply to say, what is really complicated about this issue? And here, I'll just name a few. What is complicated about immigration? What is complicated about the death penalty? What is complicated about abortion? What is complicated about a two-party system? What What is complicated about voting rights? If you started out of the place of saying, instead of I have a strong stance on this, you may start from the position of what makes this complicated? Because any issue that's divisive in our culture is generally complicated. It's a complex issue, which is why it's not that easy to solve. If it was easy to solve, everyone would just agree. Now, that's an assumption, right, that I'm making about people. In general, though, if things were easy to solve, most of us would agree upon them. So when we have a divisive issue where people feel very differently on two sides of an argument, you you really want to start from the question, okay, this is probably more complicated than I wish that it was. Here's another one, addiction, addiction and families. It's more complicated than we wish that it was. The easiest thing to do is to just wish that the person would stop drinking or stop using or whatever. But the reality is it's actually much more complicated than that. It doesn't mean that the right choice wouldn't be to stop drinking or stop using. But the spirit and the posture of compassion and humility is much different when you engage in your own mind, first and foremost. You engage with a mindset that says, generally issues are more complicated than we wish that they were. The second thing is that you have to ask the question, am I willing to engage on both sides of this issue? Am I willing to understand counter arguments to my argument, particularly when it comes to positions that you might hold? So it's, it's totally great to be passionate. It's amazing to have a passionate conviction, but are you willing to understand both sides of an issue? Being willing to understand both sides of an issue does not mean that you agree with both sides of an issue. But to be able to step in, if you want to have really, really robust understanding, understanding both sides of an issue actually strengthens the side that you stand on. If you are if you are so invested and embedded in only one way to see something, it is very difficult for people to come alongside of you. It, it, it much It's much easier to fight with a person who refuses to see both sides of an argument than it is to actually engage in conversation because there is some give and take. This is as true for positions in our culture as it is for positions of leadership when we have difficult decisions, as it is for positions within our own families, when we're struggling with choices that perhaps our teenagers are making or someone in our extended family, if you were to start from the idea that, okay, this is probably more complicated than I wish it was, number one. Number two, there's really probably both sides to this issue. Like there's more going on here than just maybe the one viewpoint that I might be bringing to the table. And then that final thing that I kind of referred to earlier is, are you willing to think deeply enough about the issues you care about to also be able to think about solutions? 
a lot of times if we engage with solutions, we actually backtrack and realize, oh, this really is more complicated than I thought. This isn't as easy. It's not as easy as just stopping this thing or starting this thing. There's more to it. And then we can ask ourselves the question, okay, if I'm willing to think more deeply about solutions, I'm also one step closer to being a person who activates solutions, who actually gets engaged and involved personally, isn't just involved as a sideline critique quarterback, but actually is involved in the issue. And you know what happens when we do that? We realize there's not that many issues we can be involved in. Like we only have so much life. We only have so much time. We only have so many resources. And rather than being a person who has an opinion about all the things, maybe you're a person who feels passionately about one thing and you're really involved in it. And you do know both sides of the issue and you are able to speak to it and you're actually lining up your actions with your words. So that's kind of on the side of how do I engage culturally with this whole world of criticism and judgment? Now let's talk about uh, personally, like in our own relational life, what does it look like to engage when I know uh, a person in my life perhaps is living in a way that isn't, is detrimental to them or is detrimental to us, or I just feel strongly about something that's happening in someone else's life. Like what, what is my responsibility and what is my response? Okay. So the first thing that I always ask myself is am I positioned in this person's life to be a person who's speaking into their life? What is my positioning within this person's life? And this takes a a really strong, honest reality because there can be times in your life where someone else is positioned better with your teenager or young adult than you are as a parent. There can be times in your life when, when someone else is positioned better with a friend that you used to think was your closest friend, and maybe you're not positioned really well to speak into their life. So I think the first thing we have to ask is, am I positioned in this person's life to be the one speaking into it? Have they invited me into that space, or is our relationship one where I am? I belong in that space? So there's a huge difference between my next-door neighbor's lifestyle and my child's lifestyle and where I'm positioned with those people. And then I can ask myself the question, including in my own family, what am I doing to build relational equity with this person? Am I a person who's engaged enough with who they are and who they're becoming to even have some equity built to speak into their life? If you just are distant from a relationship and then you think that it's going to be your job to speak into it, that I just it's not going to go well. It's just not. So there can be there can be times with our own family members where we may have to say, "Woo, I have got to I have to invest more relationally. I, I don't have a voice to speak into what's going on because I'm not engaged in a way that allows me to fully understand what might be going on in this person's life. The second thing we can do is we can actually ask what a person needs from us. This is a wonderful level-setting way to engage in conversation. There can be times, particularly with family members, where we're in this role of guidance or wisdom or asking for a lot of guidance or we're giving a lot of guidance, but those are seasons and not every season is the same. And one of the best ways that we can be with one another and be honoring to one another is to ask the question, hey, how can I how can I help you best in this conversation? Are you looking for encouragement? Are you looking to vent? Are you looking for guidance? If it feels like that is an opportunity, and I, I've used this with my own children, where I've said, well, what is it? Are you asking for my opinion on this? Or are you looking for encouragement? And really putting it back on the other party to ask them for what they would like from your relationship is a is a powerful move because what's most powerful about it is when that person actually invites you to speak into their life and then have at it. Like, 
you should definitely speak in. If someone says to you, I really want to hear from you about this thing or this issue or this choice that I'm making, do it. Like, especially when they've invited you into that place. And I do that with my family members too. Just because we're family doesn't mean that where we are in different seasons, that that same trust equity is built. Outside of, I would say, like our partner, our spouse relationship, any other relationship. I think our spouse relationship is one where we need to constantly be asking the question, how can I serve you? What do you need now? But there may be times where we do speak in, right, to one another's lives, even when we don't want to. Even when I don't want to receive it, Dave may have something to say to me that I do need to hear. And that's part of our covenant relationship. That's part of being in a marriage together. So again, back to that first question, where am I positioned in this person's life? Have we invited each other to speak in in this way? And if so, am I doing that with courage? Am I doing that with grace? But if I'm not sure about where we are, what if I just ask, hey, what, what do you need out of this conversation and really lean in to that place? The third is that you need to own what you need to own and be okay with that. When it comes to our own choices, what we decide to do with our life and how we live our life, one of the things we can do is own what we need to own and be okay with it. Um, this just reminds me of a conversation I was recently in with some leaders and we were talking about choices we were making in media, like things we were watching or not watching. And there was a whole variety, right? There's a spectrum of people who are like, yeah, I love the storyline of that show and like, I'm it, the violence, is a, it doesn't bother me. And then someone else might say, yeah, I, the violence really bothers me. And there can be a tendency to be like, ooh, like who's right and who's wrong? And, and what if like everyone's right? <laughs> because people are owning what they need to own. They're able to speak to what they're owning, what their own conviction is. And we can allow our own convictions to be a model for others without us having to convince them to have the same convictions. You'd be amazed at how much you living a fruitful, peaceful life, a joyful life, a passionate life, people are picking up on that. And sometimes your convictions, the choices that you make, they can end up impacting and influencing others in ways that you may never know. And it's not because of the words that come out of your mouth. It's actually because of the lifestyle that you're choosing to live. So let your life speak. Let your life speak beyond words. Let your life speak with the way that you show up. And as you do that, what you may discover is that people are more and more interested in having you speak into their life anyway. So if you struggle with judgment, if you struggle with criticism, if you're in that tension, whether it's in a position in our culture or a position with a friend, I hope that this might give you a little bit of guidance, a little place to go in this next conversation that you have. And most of all, choose to be passionate. And if you're passionate about one thing, go all the way in. And if you're passionate about a lot of things, be okay with what you don't know. Be curious, be humble, and see what that gets you in your next conversation. Thanks for being here with us today, you guys. So fun. This is the end of the season. We will see you in the fall.